This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Amen. Thanks so much. <clears throat> what a blessing and a privilege to be here this morning and to share the word. It's, uh, oh, it's been an amazing week. We've had such a lot of rain and... Uh, Actually, nice cool weather, so that was blessed. Instead, except for the the load shedding bit, which um, I suppose we're getting used to. The school apologizes. Apparently, the load shedding and the interruptions in power also disrupts the programming of the bell. So that's why we're having these amazing background bells ringing. <laughs> So if I, maybe there's a bell near, near to 11 that I can know when it's finished. But in any case, um, this, uh, when was it, about a week ago or so, uh, we, we washed the children's hair, and it was my privilege to, to comb Emily's hair afterwards. And there was this, like, I don't, what do you call it in English? This cook, this massive knot but huge. I've never seen one like it. It was like this. Uh, it's, um, to be honest with you, look, I love being a dad, okay? I really love it. And it's such a joy. There's, there's just one or two things about being a parent that's, that's not so lucky. For me, one of them is putting on sun lotion on a child. Have you tried that? I know it seems like a simple operation, but I promise you it's not. Especially if they, they already want to be in the pool or wherever they want to be, you know, they can't stand still and you're trying to get as much of them covered as possible, otherwise they have these funny red patches, you know, that's not cool either. In any case, so that's one of the joys, but the, the coming out of the, the hair, that is another one that I'm, I'm still getting to grips with, it's not my natural gift, you know, and, uh, and shame, the poor child, she was crying, you know, because I was just, I don't know how to do this without it being painful for her. So the tears were running. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I tried. And I said, just hang in there. We're almost there. You know, you're going to look so, it's going to look so beautiful. And then she just, she just pushes through because she wants to be beautiful, you know. And then I managed to comb it all out. And then she just walks like this. And she says, look, look my hair, you know, look how beautiful it is. <laughs> And uh, it's amazing. She's three, you know, but it, it's a, it blesses me so much because if you ask her who's the prettiest girl in your class, she will say, Emily. And you ask her who's got the most beautiful hair, she'll say, me, you know. <laughs> and she's, but I love it because I wanted to grow up with the, with the confidence that a dad knows she's beautiful. Amen? And also a uh, daddy in heaven as well. But in any case, so what a joy. Um, so if you have any tips, how to get rid of those, just let me know. I'm sure Emma has lots of wisdom, but she wasn't there in that moment. In any case, um, what a privilege to share the word. Uh, actually, let me just pray as we do that. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you, God, for your presence in this place. Ach, Lord, we, we count it such a joy and such a privilege, Lord, to be able to meet together openly in public with no fear of persecution and thank you for such a joy of being able to come and draw near to you as a church family this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we ask that you would draw us, that you would 
minister to us, that you would lead us into all truth this morning. We trust, Lord, that, that, yeah, that you would impart life to us, Lord. We're not here for any man's opinion, Lord. We, our desire is to know you. Our desire is to be transformed in your presence, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I've got a lot to share, but I'm gonna, I probably won't get around to everything. Um, and uh, I listened, listened to a quote from somebody the other day, and just something that he said really made me think, and, and, it, and it kind of fit in with what was on my heart and what we've been wrestling through. Um, so I'm just going to share a few thoughts around that. But let's read first from, actually before we read, you know, one of the big questions, and maybe even specifically, to, you know, it's not the beginning of the year anymore, but uh, I, still, I still, this week, uh, I saw somebody for the first time this year and it said Happy New Year. Is it, is it like a bit, it's a bit late for that, don't you think? Yeah, any case. Uh, um, <laughs> but it's still relatively in the beginning of the year. And, um, so, you know, we've been dealing with bunch, also a bunch of new students coming in, which is amazing, meeting new, new students and guys that have started studying. and such a privilege always, and it's just a blessing to meet them. Um, also people moving house, moving jobs, etc. And it's, it's one of those times where I'm just reminded of, of some of the big questions that we face, especially in, in this, when you come into this season of being a student on campus. But I, I, it's not something that ends there, you know. But one of the questions is, you know, what, why am I here? Why am I on this planet? And the question of what is God's purpose for my life? The question of what is God's will for my life? You know, this is the kind of things that we wrestle with. And maybe you're here this morning and you, you're not a student or it's not, it's not only students, but uh, maybe you're here and you're thinking, I haven't thought about that in a while. You know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make it through the month, or I'm just trusting for just to get my finances sorted out. You know, there's so much else going on in your mind, and that's also fine. Um, but isn't this one of the things that sometimes just we wrestle through again? What what is it that that God has purposed for my life? Why am I here? The concept of, you know, then yeah, if if you take it a bit further, we get to the concept of of a calling. And the purpose, the calling of God on our lives. And I remember when I was joined Shofar at Stellenbosch, I, that, was, that was one of the things I was wrestling through that first year or so. I was in my second year, um, and I was wrestling with God about this calling idea. You know, what is this calling that He has for my life? And, I, and looking back now, I realize that there's, there's, there's really a one can call it a temptation, or there's a, but there's a, a tendency that if one, if one doesn't do this in a, in a godly and biblical way, if one approaches it wrongly, it, it ends up being, you know, I'm wanting to know God's will, and I'm wanting to know God's calling, but actually I'm more interested in the me part of it, my, my calling and my anointing, or my, I'm more interested in that bit. And it, if one approaches it like, you know, like we, our default setting, you'll probably end up more thinking around, okay, um, you know, what is the big thing that is, that is for 
God has for my life. And it, it, it starts drifting towards the thing of it's more about me, actually, than it is about God's will and about His purpose. Um, and uh, what we often end up doing is we often end, end up worshipping an idea that we have, an idea of God's will, an idea, even an idea of who God is, often, but we also end up worshipping this idea, this concept that we have of God's calling or God's will for us. Um, and there's a lot to say around this, but I just actually want us to stand still at a few few points, and I want to read from First Samuel chapter three. Uh, we see the young boy Samuel that uh, his mother couldn't conceive, and she was pleading before the Lord, and then the Lord blessed her with a son, and then she dedicated the boy to the Lord. And he came to the temple at a very early age. I think it was like four or something. And uh, we, we see how uh, things start here in chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Haven't you found that to be true here as well? There's, there's a lot of other stuff that's not rare. There's a lot of information going around. There's a lot of opinions everywhere. We get bombarded with those, you know, all over. Uh, but there's, there's not a lot of truth out there. Um, you have to really be careful to discern the truth. Okay, the, Lord, the word of the Lord was rare. No widespread revelation. Now it came to pass at that time, while Eli, Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of, the, of, the, of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down, and the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and now the Lord came and stood and called as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. A well-known account of the young Samuel and... Uh, Something that, I don't know, I, I remember re, you know, hearing this when I was a boy and, and you know, how, how Samuel interacts with Eli and with, with the Lord. But I wanted to look at a few things around this whole, this whole situation and also around the idea of God's will and God's call. Now firstly, um, <clears throat> we see an interesting thing here. Um, and we, I mentioned earlier, so if we approach this whole idea of the call of God and the purpose of God, uh, we, it, it often ends up being a self-centered exercise. It often, and the concept, in the, if, if you think of Christian culture, the, the concept of the calling of God um, can 
be very much a, a self-centered one. Uh, it can be very much a, almost like a self-help um, thing in terms of, you know, we, we dress it up with Christianese. You know Christianese? Most of us speak it fluently, most of us. Uh, but, you know, we have these Christian cliches that we use a lot, and we, we dress it up with that, but it ends up often being just a pursuit of, of actually something that uh, my self-importance or my, the me, myself, and I, Trinity. Um, and what we end up doing is instead of pursuing relationship with God, we end up wanting to have God as a resource as we're pursuing this very important thing that is, that is, that we, that's our life. As we want to be important and successful and everything else, we, we end up treating God as a resource on the side, a Siri or a Google or a, um, what, what all these other things you get these days, these assistants, I don't know how effective they are. Have you tried them? Apparently, you get them in your house these days, these little thingy that can listen, can hear when you ask them questions. My children obviously love it when we do Google, okay, Google on my Android phone, and they always want to ask questions to Google, okay, so they're amazed by that. Um, have you tried o asking Google to make tell you a joke? Try that. Apparently, the Android one has got the best jokes. Apparently, Siri has got a terrible terrible sense of humor, but uh, try it, interesting stuff. Um, but we end up treating the Lord like that, treating the Lord like a, I'm, I'll just tell, Lord, just tell me what to do, and I'll, I want to get on with it on my own terms, in my own way, in my own time, and it's going to be great if we can help me with some of the issues along the way, but our focus is not in pursuing Him our focus is in running after this idea that we have of His will. Lord, just tell me what to do. And I, if I look back on my life, I, I realize I've done this. You know, this wouldn't it, isn't it nice? You know, I, I sometimes when I pray about things, and, I, and I mean, especially as a young Christian, wouldn't it be nice to, for God to give you like a map, like a complete map from the starting point to the end point? This is how your life is going to work. Isn't that, wouldn't that be great? Or the instructions, like, like directions. Wouldn't that be amazing? Having directions, having detailed instructions, because some of us, more details is, more, is very important, you know. Having all the details beforehand, that would be very comfortable and very convenient. But, and I believe we, we would prefer that. We would prefer that to actually having to come to a place of humility where we daily seek Him. So we would prefer for God to say, listen, this, these are the ten steps for, the, for maybe for a year at a time. Maybe let's break it down. In January, you know, God says, these are the ten steps for the year. Go. You know? And you're like, yeah, you know, we own timing, own, you know, my own, at my own pace or at, on, on my terms, I can do and I'm, I'm doing His will. But then we are missing, we are not actually wanting to pursue Him for who He is, we are pursuing this idea that we have of His will. And we're missing 
the greatest call that is on our lives. The first and most important call that is on our lives is to, to know Him and to pursue a relationship with Him. So let's look at a few um, things around this. So another, another angle of looking at it is, to, is this, this tendency that we have to pursue the gifts of God and the blessings of God instead of pursuing the giver of the gifts and the, the blessor. I've often seen this, with, with, unfortunately, with parents. I've prayed to God against it in my own life. When you, when you maybe, when you haven't, when it hasn't been easy having children or you've been struggling to fall pregnant and then you do and the Lord blesses you, you know, there's this, there's this danger of this little blessing that is a blessing of the Lord that becoming the center of your life. And we end up worshiping the blessing instead of the, the one that gave the blessing. We worship the gift. Have you seen, often we hear about guys going all over the world to conferences and miracle crusades and all kinds of things. And I think, okay, <laughs> are we running after the signs? Are we running after the miracles? Or, or are we still pursuing the one who gives the gifts? The one who is the giver of the good gifts. Okay. So we, we get this whole thing upside down. Instead of in the pursuit of God, the gifts are an outflow of that. And it's it's funny if you if you if you actually have been around people that have a, say an extraordinary anointing or an extraordinary gift of miracles or healings or something like that. It's interesting to see that you you get, you actually come to understanding that they. <laughs> It doesn't, you know, maybe if you just see it on YouTube or you see it from afar, you, you don't realize this. But coming closer, you realize that this person is not pursuing the gifts. They are pursuing the king. They are pursuing the giver of the gifts. And, you know, having, um, Ronald Bonke is going to be in town next weekend if, and at Loftus. It's on Saturday if you want to join there. There's a massive outreach happening. Uh, at Loftus uh, next Saturday. And Reinhard Bonk is one of the guys going to be there. And um, I remember having the privilege of being at one of his massive outreaches up in Nigeria, although it was very small. For their, in their books, it was, very, it was tiny. It was over 200,000 people. And uh, it was just like a blip on their radar. It wasn't a very big one for them. But uh, I, just re- I just remember being amazed by the way that he is pursuing God. He, yes, he is confident. Yes, he is bold. Yes, he has got amazing authority when he preaches the word, but his focus is on God. His focus is on pleasing him. Um, actually, let me continue. Um, Isaiah 29:13. Uh, These people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips that have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. If we end up treating God like a resource, if we end up um, pursuing a, an importance or this will or this purpose or this calling more than we are pursuing Him, this is, this is the danger of what can happen, is that our hearts 
are far from Him. That we go through the motions, we do the right things, but our hearts are not with Him. And it's interesting to look at the life of Samuel here. It says that Samuel, firstly, the word of the Lord was rare. Part of the reason for this was the crazy stuff that was happening with, with Eli and his, specifically his sons. They were evil men. And they were really being crazy abominations. They in and around the temple, and you can go and read about that. But if, if you are treating the things of God as common, and if you are dishonoring the things of God, then, then, the, then you're not going to be hearing the, the word of God. Amen? So the, the word of the Lord was rare because the Lord of the word had become common. And they, they, this, this, this dynamic that there wasn't widespread revelation as we just read. But, so their, their hearts were far from God. But we see in the life of Samuel... He was serving God. He was in and around the temple. He was doing his thing. He was um, serving around the, in the temple. I mean, you can't get much spirit, more spiritual than that, right? But it says he did not know the Lord yet. And the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him yet. I want to encourage us. If you're, out, if you're here this morning and maybe you, there, has been a, there has been an intimacy with God, but at the moment you're kind of going through the motions or you're kind of doing the moves, you're doing even some very spiritual things. Well, I want to challenge us, and I'm challenging myself this morning. Are our hearts far from Him? Or are we pursuing the Lord more than we are pursuing all the benefits around Him? So we see this in the life of Samuel. He, he hadn't known Him yet. And it's interesting to see what happens is um, maybe, you know, I'm not saying that in a context of not being a Christian at all, but there's a, there's a familiarity here. So when he hears somebody calling him, he, he goes to what is familiar, right? He, he goes to what it sounds like Eli to him. So he runs to Eli. Now, often when, we, when we're learning to hear the voice of the Lord and we're getting to know what it, how, you know, how, what does it sound like when God speaks to us? There, there is this thing of discerning between my own thoughts, my carnal thoughts, my you know, carnal mind, and my own good thoughts, and actually the, the Word of God and the, the voice of God. Actually, that's one of the key things that we're going to be looking at on the camp, on the family camp, is the dynamic of hearing the voice of God, you know, discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I want to really, really encourage you to Join us there. It's, it's, we really expect, and we've got Pastor Debia from um, Shofet in Cape Town to coming up to, to minister to us as well. In, uh, so we really expect, and please join us there. Um, so he goes and he hears something that sounds like something he knows, and then he goes in that direction. But he, so he had the passion, says he ran, he ran to Eli, he was ready to respond, he was passionate to respond, but he ran to the wrong place, to the wrong person. Um, I want to encourage us, as, we, as we're learning to, to respond to God, do it with passion, do it with, with uh, zeal, but learn to discern and learn to position yourself in the place where we can hear him. And very importantly as well, we see that Eli... He gets, you know, he realizes what's going on, 
and praise the Lord, although he did a lot of stuff wrong, and although he, he didn't parent his two boys correctly in, God, in a godly way, and actually God was busy starting to remove Eli. He was busy. This was the place where he started to call um, Samuel to take his place, or as a, to call him as a prophet. Eli got this one right, and he, he pointed Samuel to, to God. So critical for us to be surrounded with people that point us back to God. Amen. People that can, yes, pray with us. Yes, you know we can bounce things off things. Yes, do you this, do you feel this is what God is saying? Um, help me to pray through this decision. And then, but you, we need to have those people that are able to hear with from God as well, but they're also able to say yes. But you know, go and pray, <laughs> go and seek God. Go and seek his face. Go and engage with him. Have, have people around you that point you back to him. Amen. Okay. Isaiah 6 was 5. Briefly, and I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. This is Isaiah coming before uh, the Lord, and, and he's just, uh, he's just, he thinks he's going to die. He realizes how unclean he is. He realizes how, how little he is. And then he says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with thongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, Go and say to these people, and he carries on. Similarly, you know, he's, he realizes how unclean he is. He realizes, um, like Samuel, he didn't know the Lord then. And, and Isaiah says, well, I, I can't even come into his presence. And the Lord uh, deals with that. And he says, Lord, your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. And then he's ready to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. So the, we see this powerful dynamic in the many of the the key figures in the scripture. We see the place where God first calls us to himself and then there's a, a sending out that happens. Then there's a, a commissioning that happens. We see God calling Samuel to himself and Samuel, you know, is running. He wants to respond. He gets it wrong a few times and, and then he, he gets it right. And I want to encourage us to, if you feel this morning, maybe you have missed it or maybe you you have been running after other things, you have not been pursuing God, or you, you have missed the voice of God in a way. I want to encourage you, God's going to call back. Okay? He's like some of these telemarketers. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, um, he's faithful to call again. He's faithful. That he sees the zeal, he sees the eagerness, and he sees, the, he sees Samuel's desire to be obedient, and, and he calls again. I want to really encourage you, it's not too late. It's not, you haven't missed it forever. It's not, you haven't missed your only chance. Pursue him, and he's faithful to speak again. And we see here with the, the whole thing of the, the word being rare, and the, the problem wasn't that God had stopped speaking. The problem is that the people were not listening. And I want to encourage you, if you, if you feel that you're not hearing the voice of God, and you feel that maybe you've, you haven't heard his direction or his instruction lately. I want to encourage you, God has not stopped speaking. 
but maybe you need to position yourself in the right place again. Maybe we need to get your heart, and you and I need to get our hearts again to a place where we are pursuing Him, and we're pursuing Him as a, for who He is. And, and, and Eli tells Samuel, go back to that place. Go to your place, and there respond to God. I want to ask you, are you, are you positioning yourself in the presence of God so that you can hear what He has to say for you and your family, for, for you as part of this, of this church family? Let's go on. So God had not stopped speaking. God has not, hasn't stopped wanting to minister to his people, but the people have, have stopped listening. Um, and before we can come to a place of running with God and speaking for him, we need to get the listening bit right. Amen? We need to um, learn to listen to what he's saying. Isaiah 55, uh, verse 6 and 8 and 9. Seek the Lord while he, might, while he may be found and call upon him while he's near. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Seek the Lord while he may be found. I've found that it's, it's hard work sometimes. It feels like hard work. But that place of intimacy, of pursuing God, of trusting Him for every single step is so much more rewarding than trying to get the whole picture in one go. I've, I don't know, you may have heard stories once or twice in my life, a few times the Lord has gotten me out of difficult situations just by, you know, giving me directions. It's just a practical problem I had by not knowing where to drive or whatever, and the Lord would give me step-by-step -step instructions. And I feel in life it's often like that. We want to kind of get the whole GPS file downloaded and then we can go one shot. But it's such a precious thing of actually step-by-step -step depending on God, saying, Lord, what is the next step? What's the next turn? What is on your heart for today? And continually to press into, into that place of intimacy, that place of being sensitive to His voice place of wanting to know him. And Jeremiah, this is um, God's telephone number, if you didn't know. You know 333, Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Isn't this a, a blessing that God says, I, I will answer you when we call to him. I will answer you show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So we see Samuel going back to the place, his place. We see that God calls him again and then we see him respond so beautifully. And the amazing thing is I, I can't remember exactly how old he was here but he wasn't, he was still a young man. Um, but from a place where the chapter 3 starts with the word of the Lord was rare in those days. We see 
a massive change happening. We see, obviously, God starting to remove Eli and his sons. We see Samuel responding to the call. And we see that by the beginning of chapter 4, it says that the Lord, the word of Samuel, the word of, in other words, God's word through Samuel went into all of Israel. Suddenly there was an abundance of the word because of a, a young man that was, whose heart was in the right place, a young man who was willing to, to pursue him. Psalm 84 verse 10 says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. A pursuit of His presence above all else. And then I want to just share a quick a, a picture that I really appreciate with Jesus sending out the 72. It says here in Luke chapter 10, or the 70, it says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two, before his face, into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to him, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We see God, we see Jesus sending out the 70 before his face. It's, it's, it gives this amazing picture of intimacy, of him looking them in the eye and saying, Listen, this is where you need to go. First, he calls us to himself. First, there's a place of intimacy. There's a place of pursuing him. There's a place of knowing him. And from that place, he sends us out in an intimate way. It's not a, it's not a random, cold thing. It's a, an intimate thing. He sends them to every place where he himself was about to go. And the powerful thing of, of drawing, first, God calling us to himself, you know, connecting with Him, um, growing in our intimacy with Him and our knowledge of His Word and His voice, that when the sending happens, it's not a sending from His presence. Amen? It's very much a sending with Him with us every single step of the way. It's very much, much a, you know, when we look at this, the, the picture that Jesus says of saying, come and yoke with me, we see uh, God calls us co-workers with Christ is a, is a close closeness. A yoking together is very close. Oxen yoking together would be literally almost against one another, you know, shoulder to shoulder. So the sending, when it's not like we are we leave His presence. We we are we go with His presence. Amen. So that's not a. It's a place of intimacy. It's a place of pursuing Him first. And then the, the commissioning happens in a completely different way. Then it's not a, okay, here are the, the instructions for the next five months. It's a very much intimate day to day. My will for you today, my plan, my purpose for you today. We see this, uh, we see in the life of uh, what was it, uh, Isaiah, that we just read, where he says, um, Lord, here I am. Send me. We see Samuel saying, Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. And often I believe that that availability is the key for us to, to really step into the call of God, pursuing him first, pursuing his presence, but 
but then positioning ourselves and saying, Lord, here I am. I don't know what it's going to look like. It's probably not going to be comfortable. It's probably not going to look like this idea, this pie in the sky idea that I had before. It's not going to be as glamorous as I was hoping or it's going to not going to you know, be, look successful in the eyes of the world. But Lord, I want, to, I want you to send me where you want me to go. I want to, I'm available. Here I am. Whatever it may mean, may, whatever, whatever trials and tribulations may st- my, my lie ahead, I want to go where you send me. I want to I wanna run with what you have prepared for me. From this place of intimacy, from this place of security in your presence. So our first call is, is towards him and in his presence. I mean, I want to close. And I'm... And and I think many of us this morning are in a place where we see with Isaiah saying, Lord, but I'm, I'm of unclean lips. I, and I've, I've praying before and I felt there's some here that are struggling to draw near to God because of a, a place of shame and guilt, because of maybe a place of um, where the, your heart is a little bit far from God. And I just I want to encourage I want to encourage us with how how the Lord met Isaiah right there. He said, "Listen, I've already dealt with this shame and guilt. I've already dealt with this sin. In other words, let's just get this out of the way because I've I've made it, I've made provision for this, so that you can boldly come, so that you don't have to be afraid in my presence." I felt that there's maybe some here this morning that if you feel a little bit removed from God, if you feel maybe you've, yes, you've been running after something, you've been running after good things, I just feel this grace this morning to choose again. You say, Lord, I run after you first. I thank you that you've made it, you've opened the door through the blood of Jesus for me to boldly draw near that you've taken away shame and guilt and condemnation that I can draw close to you. Boldly. So let's, let's stand this morning. <coughs> One of our consider now that uh, one of our core values is the, the passion for Jesus. That's where it starts. The passion for Him, the passion for who He is, the passion for, for drawing near to Him and, and getting into His space, and getting into His Word, not for the blessing, not only for the instruction, not only for the the plan or the provision, but because of who he is. Amen. That passion for him. That we would be like Samuel that run, we want to run <laughs> when he calls. We want to be eager and passionate to obey. Even if we get it wrong the first few times. I want to I have to leave this grace this morning again to to humble ourselves before him and say, Lord, I have unclean lips and maybe my my heart is far from you. But thank you for your provision. Thank you for your, the way that you've made. <clears throat>
thank you that you are faithful to call again when we've missed you, when, we've, when we haven't been listening. Thank you that you are so faithful. I specifically felt that maybe there's some here this morning that, as I mentioned before, that you, you've got big decisions to make and you've, you're just kind of trying to, be, being, trying to cope with life and work and this and that. Wrestling with choices and things and, and, and maybe you haven't even had the, the capacity or you felt that like you, the lot, you haven't even thought about what's God's will and what's, his, what's on His heart. I just felt that there's an invitation this morning to, to draw close to him. And we, I, just, I just felt the father saying, my son, my daughter, I want to, let's just close our eyes for a moment. My son, my daughter, I want to take this burden from you. So there's some that are wrestling with massive decisions, massive life-changing choices. And God saying, my son, my daughter, let me carry this for you. Let me take the stress and the pain and the fear out of this and, and replace it with a confidence and a knowledge that I have gone before you and I have prepared the way for you. Father, this morning we, we thank you for your presence in this place, God. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your gentle, the gentle way, Lord, that you keep on calling. Even when we miss it, Lord, even when we run in the wrong direction, Lord, even when we, it sounds to us that you've stopped speaking, Lord. But I thank you this morning for the grace and for each one, Lord, to choose, Lord, to fix our eyes on you again. Some here, I believe, have, have been pursuing your call and your purpose and your will, but in a way that, Lord, that ended up being very different from what you thought, Lord, in a way that ended up with our hearts far from you, Lord. And we just come humbly this morning and repent, Lord, in Jesus' name. We repent, Lord, of times when our, we're going through the motions, but we don't, need, we don't know you anymore. We actually give you lip service, but our hearts are far from you, Lord. And we repent in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning for your invitation to come back to your heart, Lord. Invitation to, to boldly come through the provision that you've made through the blood of Jesus. To boldly draw near to you. sense if someone here this morning that this has been something that you haven't actually had the, you've just been afraid to pray about things like this about you, you, every time you have to engage with God just as you have your eyes closed, every time you have to engage with God or you, you want to pray about his work for something, there's, a, there's this underlying fear of rejection keeping you from running to Him. Maybe it's to do with something with your relationship with your parents or another authority figure, but I just feel that there's one or more people this morning that every time you want to you 
run to God with something, that you, there's something, there's a fear that, that holds you. That you think, but maybe you won't even answer, or maybe you'll reject me like, like I have been rejected in the past. Or maybe he doesn't have a, he'll just, he doesn't have a, a purpose or a plan. Thank you, Lord, this morning for your, that you draw every heart again to yourself. Thank you, Lord, for a confidence that you love each one. Yeah, and I just think God is saying that as we, that He wants to take this pressure off us that often are in, in Christian culture, this pressure to find your call, this pressure to know His, perfectly know His will every moment. There's such a pressure in every, in every decision and every big thing to pressure to know his, perfect, his, know his will exactly and get it exactly right. To kind of find this calling is such a mystic thing sometimes. And I feel God, God is saying this morning, as we pursue Him and as we serve Him where we are, this, His calling will find us. As you serve Him, as you serve His purpose for the season that you are in right now, calling will find you. Thank you, Lord, that you take off that pressure, Lord. Take off that, that cultural thing that, that has a stressing and has, has this fear and an anxiety. I thank you, Lord, for a, a boldness this morning for each one here, Lord, to serve you with everything, with zeal, with passion in the season that we are in right now in the situation, in the family, in the job, in the, the, the street we're living in right now, the place where you've put us. Thank you, Lord, as we serve you right there, as we pursue you right there, the things will become so much clearer. I thank you, Lord, as a church family, Lord, that we, even in this month of consecration, Lord, we can again consecrate ourselves to you and say, Lord, we, we want to serve your purpose in our, in our city, Lord. As a church family, Lord, as a, as a body of the local body, we want to serve your purpose in this season, in this right now where we are, in this place, in this city, on this campus across the street. Thank you for your great grace for us. every eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you maybe you find yourself in a place like Samuel where you can honestly say that you don't know him, you don't know God but this morning you, you hear him calling your name maybe you find yourself in a place, maybe you've been around church or you've been to church but you don't have a, a relationship with him, a close personal relationship with him, you don't have it a conviction and a, an absolute assurance that you have eternal life. And this morning, I believe that the, the Lord is calling your name. He's calling you to Himself. As every eyes closed, if that's you this morning and you want to respond to His call, for some it's a call that you maybe answer for the first time. For others, maybe a 
call that you want to again answer them. Yes, Lord, I, I want to come back. My heart is far from you. I want to come back to you. With every eyes closed, if that's you this morning, why don't you raise your hand briefly? I want to just pray with us. If you want to respond to that call this morning, why don't you raise your hand? Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm just going to lead us in a prayer briefly. If, if you've raised your hands and if you, if you want to return to Him, why don't you just pray with me now? We're going to just bring our hearts before God. Lord Jesus, thank You for Your love, Lord. Thank you for the new and living way that you have made through the blood of Jesus. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's Lord of my life. And I thank you, Lord, that I can declare that I believe God, you've raised Jesus from the dead. That he's my Lord and Savior. Thank you that I can hear your voice, God. Thank you, Lord, that I can follow you, Lord, by the power of your Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you are so faithful to direct my steps and to finish the work in me, Lord. Let your name be glorified in and through my life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, thank you that you see every heart and you meet every person exactly where they are. Thank you for grace this morning, Lord, to, to run after you, to draw near to you first, Lord, to heed the call to come close to you, Lord before we worry about the, the purpose and the calling and the anointing and everything else, that we draw near to you. Thank you that you deliver us from fear, Lord. Thank you that you deliver us from pressure. I thank you for the joy of the journey, the joy of this great adventure that we are able to run with you in, Lord, this great journey of life. We give you all honor and glory. We thank you for good fruit, even this week, Lord, that we have a new passion and a zeal as we draw near to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you if, you, if you need to do a bit of business with God this morning, especially if you've raised your hand and you need to just respond to that call again, I want to encourage you to come to the front and somebody's going to pray with you. And I also want to invite you, if you... Maybe you're wrestling with some of these big decisions or you, you're feeling that pressure or you're feeling that fear of um, making a wrong decision or getting it wrong. And I, I just feel just you need, just to, need to pray with someone this morning. Okay? So I want to encourage you to come to the front. And if you have any other prayer need, please join us in the front. We'd love to pray with you and agree with you in prayer. God has already made a way. Amen. Thanks so much for being here. I want to encourage you, invite somebody for next week. Join us there. It's going to be really expectant. So please bring somebody. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. Thanks. You love
Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.